Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And for this episode, I was recently reminded as I listened to, I'm trying to think, I think it was three, maybe four um, people that were in the age range of maybe 18 to 24, 25, somewhere in there talk about their journeys in their faith walk and they were sharing their testimony and what it looked like for them to grow in their faith, to find out where they sensed God's leading and some of the things that they had to kind of uh, grow through. And there was a theme in all these testimonies where they talked about the moment when it really clicked for them, uh, something that you know I've, I've spent time talking about in several of these episodes, that God's standards and God's rules were not in place just to be this checklist of, okay, if you do X, Y, Z, you're a good person, God loves you. If you do X, Y, and not Z, um, God doesn't love you. And he's like going to punish you when things go bad in your life. It's because you didn't do all the things that God was telling you to do. Now, sometimes we definitely face consequences when we, um, you know, as I talked about in a previous episode, when we sin, when we miss the mark, when we mess up. But to draw this clear one-to-one ratio of, okay, here's exactly what I need to do, and if I can check all these things off the list, then I'm good. Um, There's a verse in Hosea, chapter 6, verse 6, that I'm guessing those of you that have been around the church for a while are familiar with. God says, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. And that idea would have and could have and probably should have been a pretty shocking idea for the people of Israel because, and as I've mentioned in previous episodes, God had laid out in painstaking detail what it looked like to be obedient to him in the books of mostly Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. These were, along with Genesis, uh, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. And this would have been um, the law of Moses. The way that people understood that was contained in these books. And it laid out exactly how sacrifices were to be, uh, were to be carried out exactly when that was to happen, exactly where at the temple, exactly how the temple was supposed to be set up, 
exactly how the priest was supposed to cleanse himself ahead of time and, and all these things. God laid out exactly this elaborate, elaborate temple sacrifice system so that the people of God could know that they were right with him. And then in Hosea, God says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, an acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. And what I think that God is getting at in this passage, in this one single verse, is the idea that it's really easy for us to get focused on what we do, on this checklist of, okay, I've got to do this, this, this. I'm jumping through this hoop, then this hoop, then this hoop. You know, it kind of reminds me of... um, Annalise has been in the middle of going through some life coaching training. And as we're, um, as I'm recording this, she's, she's just kind of submitted the final application to be certified as a life coach through the institute that she's been doing this training through. And as she's getting close to the end, she starts to go through the checklist of, okay, what does it take to graduate? And it means you have to have completed these classes. It means you have to have uh, an audio recording of one of your coaching sessions. And then this one kind of caught us off guard because we didn't notice it in the first place, or I don't know what, maybe they added it, maybe we just missed it. But also needed to have a transcript of that audio recording of the coaching session. And so <laughs> she and I sat down and I, I I think I'm a fairly decent typist and she thinks she is too and she's better than me. Um, but it's really hard <laughs> to transcribe. So I took one person, I took the person who was being coached And I typed up what they were saying. She typed up what she was saying. And then we kind of merged those two documents at the end. And it was a lot. And so we had to submit that. And then she also had to pay the application fee for the certificate at the very end. And then, you know, all these hoops to jump through. And I'm not denigrating that because, of course, you have to have for certification, there has to be hoops that people have jumped through. But what the problem is, is when we transfer that over to our relationship with God. And we think, okay, when I check off these boxes, then I'll have done everything that God wants me to do. And what Hosea 6 is reminding us is that it, it seems like God, of course, is concerned about the things that we do. But it seems like what he's pointing out here is it also really matters who we become along the way. And so what God is saying is these 
actions that you do, the things that get checked off the list, um, it's not independent from who you are. And when you do these acts of obedience, what happens is your heart turns more and more and more toward God. And so, like I've said before, and I'll keep saying into the future, God didn't give us, I don't believe, this list of rules to follow so that he could watch us mess up and punish us because he enjoyed coming up with standards that were going to feel too high and too unrealistic for us and watching us mess up. But it's because he knows the best way to live. And uh, I want to share something that to me is funny. Okay, I don't know if it's going to be funny to anybody else, but that's the beauty of I'm sitting in this (laughs) recording studio by myself. I get to say what I think is funny. And then uh, we see what happens from there. But I, so, let's see, five, four, I'm trying to do the math in my head, four-ish months ago, I took screenshots of some things. What I like to do is I just, as I'm browsing around online, if I come across something that I think is interesting or something that I think is funny or something that I think is kind of oddball enough that maybe at some point in the future this might have some relevance to something that I talk about, I'll kind of try to document it. And in this case, I did a a pretty bad job of documenting. I just took screenshots of a few things, and I didn't actually write down what site I found these on, okay? So I can't properly credit the site where this came from, unfortunately, but it was a, a amalgamation. That's not, <laughs> that's not the right word. It was uh, a list. That's a better word. A list of a bunch of different ways that as people were trying to figure out how to program computers to do tasks. So dealing with artificial intelligence. And what they do is now if you're a computer programmer, you're probably going to hear my explanation and go, no, that is, you're leaving out a bunch of steps and you got kind of one and two step mixed together. Okay, so I'm not saying I'm a computer programmer, I'm laying this out in great detail, but what the pursuit of artificial intelligence is, is inputting rules into a program running that program, I think it's called an algorithm, and the artificial intelligence does what it was programmed to do, what it was told, this is what your goal is, so it moves toward that goal. And so, for instance, they, you know, there was the famous, I think it was Deep Blue, right, the computer that beat the number one human chess player in the world beat him at chess because the computer had been taught how all the pieces of chess move and then all the rules of chess. Now, the computer wasn't quote-unquote smarter than the human player, but it knew every single option 
on the chessboard because it knew the pieces and it knew the rules. It was an artificial intelligence, but the only thing that it had any kind of intelligence about is chess. And so it knew the goal is take their pieces, don't lose your own pieces, and the king and the queen and some of these other more dynamic pieces are the the best ones, the most highly valuable. So if you can sacrifice a less valuable piece to take a more valuable piece, go for it. Okay? So computer programs and algorithms and the pursuit of artificial intelligence have resulted in some amazing things like that. But this list on this site that I found is instead uh, a list of as people put these things, programmed these artificial intelligences to do what they wanted it to do, how things can go a little bit awry when a computer program is told, okay, here's the goal, here are the rules, go. Okay, so for instance, one of them, they were trying to teach a, a computer program how to play Tetris and for those of you that are younger, maybe maybe you actually don't even know what Tetris is, but it's this falling block game. I don't I can't even really describe it. So anyway, hopefully you know what Tetris is. Um, and what they were doing was teaching it. The goal is to make as many lines as you can and to avoid losing, to avoid dying, the blocks getting too high and game over. And so what this artificial intelligence did is when it looked like it was about to lose, it paused the game. And it just sat there with the game paused indefinitely because it was programmed to create a bunch of lines, but it was also programmed don't lose. And so when it knew it was about to lose, it just paused the game and sat there. Well, <laughs> technically, good job, <laughs> but realistically, you you got the details, but you didn't get the point, right? And that's what, so I'm going to read a few of these because I think some of these are pretty funny. Now, maybe you don't think that, um, but to me, these are, so here we go. There was another one where the, so it was a way more simple game than Tetris, where basically just trying to uh, get to the end of a course. You know, you can picture almost like the original Mario where you're running and you're avoiding obstacles, although I don't think this one had obstacles. I think it was just trying to almost one of those games where, like, you have to figure out how to walk where you press forward and up and down and back and it moves the player's legs, that kind of thing. But the artificial intelligence was allowed to modify the body of the person before it started running the course. And so what it figured out was if it just made the person have extremely, like unbelievably long legs, they could just let their character fall forward and its head would cross over the finish line. Technically, achieve the goal, right? And you see this stuff. I'm going to read, let's see. 
I've got a bunch of them because I just think they're funny, but <laughs> I'm only going to read one more. All right. So there was a guy who was trying to figure out how to program his Roomba, the little automatic sweeping and mopping um, robot, to figure it out how it could navigate without running into stuff. And so he set this thing up where he, in his words, he set up a reward scheme to encourage speed and discourage hitting the bumper sensors. Okay? Which is exactly what he was describing as he wanted that. Well, he said his Roomba learned to drive backwards because there's no bumpers on the back. <laughs> and so it was never breaking its rule of don't hit the bumpers. It was driving backwards and just smashing into whatever it could, but hey, never was hitting the bumpers. And when we see it in these kind of ways, we go, well, obviously this, you know, the goal wasn't pause the game of Tetris so that you never lose and good job. Obviously the goal wasn't drive backwards and destroy the Roomba, but you technically never hit any of the bumpers and the sensors, so good job. But for some reason, when it comes to us, we're not as quick to see that. And in Hosea 6, 6, God is reminding us, guys, if what you're doing is feeling like you're jumping through my hoops so that you're technically doing what I want you to do, it's kind of like these artificial intelligences. Pausing Tetris so they don't die. Creating this unrealistically tall character so it can fall and cross the goal. Okay, yep, you found a couple loopholes and you may have technically done what was on the list, but you didn't do what I wanted. And, you know, when we put it in this um, context of these artificial intelligence things, it's funny, right? Because it's like, oh, wow, computers are not as smart sometimes as we thought they were. But when we bring it into the context of us, we go, oh, yeah. So, God, that's how you feel when I'm treating your rules and your standards like hoops I have to jump through. You're looking and going, you, you technically checked everything off the list, but, man, you missed the point. Man, you missed the point. And God's reminding us here, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, an acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. What God's reminding us is the list of things and the expectations of rules, what he wants us to do does not supersede who he wants us to be. And what happens when we get those things flipped around is we start missing the point 
we start showing up at church on Sunday mornings or Saturday night because, all right, I'm checking this off the list. And as long as I do church on the weekend or I watch it online or maybe my church offers it on Wednesday because I work on the weekends, I'll check that off. And then I'll read my Bible a few times, check. I'll pray before every meal, check. All right, cool, I'm good. And God is reminding us, you know, obviously not in this language, but guys, you you look like these artificial intelligence things that are technically, quote unquote, succeeding at their goal but to someone who is using reason and looking at it um they're not they're not right they're missing the point in major massive ruinous ways and what god is reminding us of is if we've started to treat his standards and his laws and his rules and his expectations like this to-do list that we can come up with, okay, as long as I do this, 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 then I can kind of go do my own thing any other time and I'm good to go. We're missing that God cares about what we do, but he also cares about who we become as we are obedient, as we submit, as we follow his standards, because he knows it's the best way for us to live. And if you've been living in the checklist world of God cares about what I do only, you need to be reminded or you need to be maybe told that just like God says in Hosea 6, 6, um, he cares about not just what we do, but he cares about who we are. He cares about who we're becoming. He cares about um, the motivation behind the doing. And it's easy to, it's easier, right, to check things off the list and to feel like, all right, yep, got this covered. But when we do it, our pursuit of God, of checking things off the list, looks as ridiculous as some of these artificial intelligences that are obviously not doing what their programmer what their creator was trying to get them to do, was wanting to get them to do, they're missing the point. And it's really easy for us to do the same. So let's remember, let's maybe learn for the first time that God, he does care about what we do, but he also, he cares about who we're becoming. He cares about our devotion and submission and obedience and love for him growing and growing and growing along the way. That's the point. And if we're checking things off the list 
but we're not doing that. We're missing what God's calling us to. And he knows he's got this better way for us to live. It takes some sacrifice. It takes some surrender. It takes some submitting, which none of those things sound really (laughs) all that great, right? But what we find on the other side is freedom and life and hope. And that right there is what God is waiting and wants to offer to us. So let's obey him, not to check things off the list, but to see who he molds us into as we're obedient, as we surrender, and as we say yes to him.